Okay, Coach, this is going to be a very interesting topic today. Oh, yes, it is. But you know what? It's one that needs to be discussed. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know why. It's like, you know, when you think about how society is, it's in your face, and yet real in-depth communication about it is like... Nope. (laughs) We'll use it to sell you stuff, right? But we won't talk about it. Right. So we're going to talk about... Sex today. Ooh. <laughs> and we wanted to do that for a while. And yeah. we're going to you know, have it in the context, like you said, of couplehood and yeah. a specific age range, which we'll get right. into. But real quick, uh, my name is Sherry Wilson. I own uh, Genius Communication. I'm a business hiring consultant, digital marketer, and mentor. I do a lot of mentoring. And then Coach Greg, go ahead. Wow. So let me see. Fitness, life coaching, clinical work of all types, and overall just a guy that's really trying to help you to live your best life. You know, life coaching is actually a really good term, huh? Mm -hmm. Because I always think, what exactly are we? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. We're Yoda like, and Gandalf is what we are. It's like, hey, we need to help you to do this because you're not thinking right. You're unhappy, but you don't realize you're not thinking yes, right. Yes, yes. Exactly. And uh, so I'm going to let you uh, lead off, Coach, okay. uh, because, you know, you've got the, the, like I always say, the letters past your name, right? <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to let you lead off on this topic, and then let's just dive in and see where it goes. Okay. All right. So when we first... When we start to talk about sex, <clears throat> the first thing I like to let people know is it begins with the thinking process, okay. right? So many times, and again, we're talking about couples, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about couples. An age range. You mentioned an age that's range. That's right. Yeah. So for me, now I work with a lot of different people, uh-huh. but I will specialize in what I call like mature couples. So I'm talking about a female somewhere in her mid to late 30s. Okay. Um, and a guy mid to late 30s, but basically in their 40s and on. Okay. Right? All um, right. And so older clients. They've had right? some life experiences. They've had some life experiences. They've been together for a while. They've been together for a while. They probably have children, mm-hmm. right? Or they're yeah. about to have children. Yeah. Right? So one of the things, so the second thing is, People don't have problems with sex. Mm -hmm. They have problems with their thoughts about sex, right? And those are the things that we have to clean up in a couple's relationship first and foremost. Yeah. Where did she come from? Where did you come from? You know, what kind of paradigms um, did you grow up with that formed your ideas on you know, what sex is, what a good sexual relationship is, what's healthy and, you know, what's appropriate. And it's amazing the challenges that people have that are really in their heads Mm -hmm. and it's stopping them from being able to enjoy each other. And of course, there's other things that I listed here too. Um, If you're not being told or coached when you're younger, mm-hmm. right, um, with love and consideration. So you end up being spooked by the subject. Well, I was thinking when you were talking that probably at, at least in my generation, so I'm 48, uh, it was a mystery. Yeah. You got taught the birds and the bees. But as far as the aspects of all that that is that goes way beyond the physical act, right, Yeah, it's a mystery. 
Yeah, and again, as soon as you said birds and the bees, I was like, what is that? <laughs> That's what they called it back in my day, yeah, Coach, birds you know, and bees. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's like, what exactly does that mean? You know, it's like, well, bees sting and birds, birds, yeah, it's like kids are looking at you like, I don't know what that means. You know, it's like, hello? And then... Now we know why we keep having problems. Mm -hmm. And some of the, now this is where I look at young people. Some of the biggest problems that I've seen with young people, young teenage pregnancies and stuff like that. Yeah. Number one thing, lack of knowledge, right? Yes. Don't know how to approach it. Don't know how to talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. So guess what happens? When you have a lack of knowledge and you can't go to your main source, who you would think would be your parents and stuff like that and right. get some good um, information that you can use so you can feel comfortable with your experiences growing up, well, guess what? You turn to other forms of media, friends, people who really don't know, and yeah. the next thing you know, you're in a situation that you cannot come back from right. in some cases, right? right? So we're talking about something that's so natural, and it should never be tragic if we approach it the same way we do other things. Mm -hmm. And I've said this before, we can sit down and we can write out a 112-page contract. We can do depositions, right? We can lay out a process for your business or your employees or whatever it is, just perfect. But when it comes time to talking about what you need, how you feel, what works best for you, you can't get that word out to save your life. And right? it's in a lot of things, not just, you know, physical intimacy. I mean, it's in a, people are just scared about saying what they want. Exactly. And it's and this is what's amazing is it's not different. Mm -hmm. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's, yes. it's not different. And so when I will ask people, do you know what you like sexually? Do you know what kind of woman do you like? Do you know mm -hmm. what kind of man that you like? You know, well, you know, and I get these kind of answers. Well, but kind of scratching her chin or face or they're looking around and they're embarrassed. And I'm thinking, so you're ready to get married. So how do you know if the person that you're about to choose is the right partner for you? And don't we go back to intangibles again? Because, yep. you know, like... First of all, some people might be like, wait a minute, am I on the right podcast? I thought this was healing community, healing business. Hey, if your sex life is not happy, you're not happy, and it just goes on down. And your <laughs> so, business is not good either. I can tell you that right now. But, like, when you think about, you know, like, you know, people might immediately be going to, like, physical attributes, you know, hair color, build, things like that. But actually... It's not. Mm. Uh, like, me and my mother, we were talking. We're like, there is no way we could have been married to anybody that did not have a sense of humor. There's no way. Exactly. You have to have a sense of humor. And it has to be usually low empathy, uh, ridiculous sense of humor. So I'm talking about if you fall, don't expect me to come help you. I will be laughing. Same thing, right? Exactly. And uh, so there were just like intangibles being a person of their word, having integrity. So don't immediately go probably just to the physical. However, I'll never forget. It was like the smartest advice I had heard. So there was a young man that um, I helped mentor. I loved him. I still love him. Uh, they've moved since then. But anyway, so he brought home from college a girl. Mm -hmm. And I saw her picture. Now, you know, people may get mad at me, but I'm just going to tell it like it is. 
there, I just did not see them together. She was just not, there are just pretty people, right, coach? About, there was no category for her in that one, right? There, so I, and she wasn't unpleasant looking, just kind of plain, I guess it would be. And so there's someone out there for her that will appreciate that, it right? It is. Well, his parents kind of noticed it too. So they, his dad, no stray dogs. his dad took him to the side and said, son, sorry, it's funny, but he goes, I want you to imagine yourself looking at her every morning when your eyes open. And do you think you can sustain the fire that will come over you when you see her every morning? And he sat there and he said, no. He said, I think you need to look for another another wife, son, another prospect. And he did. And he found one that keeps him interested intellectually, physically attractive, uh, that he looks at every day. And he's excited about his life with her, right? So it, it's true it is. that physical appearance plays a role, but also the intangibles. It does. So you really can't separate the two of those, right? Mm-hmm. Except that once you start having a conversation with the person, and this is what I mean when the thinking process comes in. If we're not able to um, own who we are as individuals, what we like, you know, recognizing what type of temperament we had, you just got through talking about it. It's like humor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there's a certain type of humor or just the way that a person handles different things in their life. We're all talking about intangible things, but if it doesn't come across to you in a way that makes you feel comfortable as a person, then there's certain things that you just never pick up in terms of the relationship. It's like, well, you know, that doesn't really work. I mean, seems like a nice person, but no. The spark, huh, too, Coach, has got to be there. Exactly, exactly. So now, when you get to the type of age group that I'm working with, I'm dealing with their situation after the fact. Expound upon that, because I'm curious that you picked that age group and that there would be problems at that age group, because you would think by now they'd have it figured out. Okay. Okay. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, um, I work with a lot of couples, different places um, in the country, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that happens that I notice is a lot of those behaviors, mm-hmm. lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. things, situations, circumstances that impacted their decision making when they were younger. Okay. Okay. So you're young. You you look good. You're you're kind of happy, and you think you get along good. You know, but you're young and you're in the spirit of love, right? Right. But you haven't learned how to ask yourself certain questions. And you haven't really learned how to ask your partner questions. Yeah. So you kind of just fumble through it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're you're married and you don't know any better. Right. You have a child maybe or two. Now your life is, you know, dealing with, okay, we got married and now we have children and we're trying to raise children and now we're still trying to keep some kind of romantic life going on Mm -hmm. but now we start to age yes and when we start to age we have a more sense of who we are what we like yeah and this is when i start to get the phone call okay now that's interesting yeah my phone is ringing i'm talking to a woman in her 40s Mm -hmm. 50s now yeah and 
I'm not really sure how to say this, but I'm not sexually satisfied with my husband. Right. So instead of me going, ooh, <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, this, this person is older than I am right yeah. now, right? And I'm yeah. like, all right then. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, what do I hear? Well, I'm not pleased. Well, what exactly does that look like? Right. Well, he doesn't know what to do. And I'm thinking, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> what has he been doing this whole time? And so that's exactly what I said. So how long have you been married? Well, we've been married now 25 years. Oh. So what happened over the course of that time? Right. Here it goes. The heartbreak. Well, I was younger. I didn't know any better. Um, I wasn't really taught what to expect. I, I didn't even know what to think in regards to my own self, right? I was, right. I didn't know. And so now all of a sudden that I've gotten older and my children are grown, and all of a sudden I realize that I want to feel differently in my relationship with my husband. And now he's gotten older, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because... I feel like our relationship is about to break apart mm. when we should be together, yeah. right? And what they're actually finding out is it's like all of this time I have been thinking things about the sexual relationship based on what I've been told, right, and the way that I was raised. But now that I'm this grown-up person who feels like I know who I am, I realize that that doesn't work for me. Yeah, I man, I, I agree so much, Coach, on what you're saying. And uh, I did actually for, um, which, you know, I run in, you know, Christian circles, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like even more taboo. Oh, I those, got, so, oh, you know I got plenty of them. Go ahead. But I did a whole series, and I actually have a course um, called Se- uh, Sanctified Sexuality. And one of the things I did is I developed like a free, you know, like little mini course that people mm-hmm. could take. And I addressed some of the thinking mm-hmm. um, that like could even go back to the time frame of, let's say, the 40s and the 50s or even before. And then all the way to you know, the present time, especially from the mindset of Christianity that has really cast sex as a very dirty topic that you avoid. Uh, do you know where Kellogg's came from? This is going to blow your mind, Coach. Kellogg's cornflakes? Yes. Oh, please. I could not believe this. So I bought all kinds of books on sex. I watched all kinds of videos and the history of it. I wanted yeah. to know, you know, all yeah. that stuff. And my husband's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get but, that too. But I was... Uh, Fascinated to find out that back in, whenever Kellogg's was invented, so I don't know if it was like in the 20s or 30s or 40s and 50s, but at that time, sexual desire was considered evil. And so they decided that sexual desire was from an increase of testosterone. Therefore, men and women did not need to eat ham and bacon and eggs and things like that because that would increase testosterone. Now, where they came up with that, I'm not sure. So they needed an alternative for people for breakfast to bring sexual desire down. And this is where, you know, women were having their uh, clitoris moved uh, to decrease desire. I mean, it was awful, Coach. And so Kellogg's was invented uh, as an alternative, and it was so awful, no one would eat it. But Kellogg's was invented to stop sexual desire. The only purpose for sex back then was to have kids. So you're dealing with paradigms 
that go back centuries. And then on top of that, you have one in three, I think, girls that are molested, one in five boys. It might be more now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of packaging and explosive material around, you know, sex. But that's kind of what, like, you know, when a woman or a man's like, "I, I know who I am now and I know this is what I want. I bet all of that plays a part in their conditioning. Oh, it has. I mean, so I deal with um, religious paradigm all the time, right? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, um, I'm not sure I can recall a time when I'm dealing with a couple that we have not touched on some sort of religious background, right? You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. And... And I thought to myself, well, whoever is launching this campaign to control how people interact with each other, they probably haven't realized that they give birth to all other types of behaviors. So, for instance, we're talking paradigm here, right? Right. So I've dealt with many different people from many different types of religion. But to some of my Catholic friends, I'm always saying... This is what I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't care if you're like men. I don't give up. I don't care. But why join an organization that, that demands as part of its requirement that you be celibate? Well, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you know you can't fulfill that requirement before you join that club. Yeah. So now you join a club and your whole experience is one of repression. Mm-hmm. And the downside of to repression we all know about. I don't even need mm-hmm. to go there with yeah. it, right? Yeah. And so I ask people these questions. It's like, is that true for you? Yeah. Right? And where did that come from? Right? And so then I can just lay out all of these dominoes on the table and say all of these different dominoes of different religions. So which one of these religions allow you to do this or this sexually? And what I find out is when I'm talking to people, they are just so confused. Yeah. Like they don't even know how to trust themselves. Mm -hmm. And so then when they get into a relationship with someone that doesn't think the way that they do, then they start having problems. And And that's what you typically will encounter because it's almost like when you're talking about the couple, They've just not said anything for so long, and then they come to a place where they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Exactly. I want the rest of my life to matter. Exactly. And this is a very important part of it. So just for those that share the Christian faith, just let me put this out there. Because this is where truth confronts BS. It is. God designed our bodies for sexual pleasure. There are parts that are only for that. Exactly. So his... Sex was his idea. So if you're of the Christian faith, it was his idea. So I just will throw that out there. That way people can quit being so prude. Yeah. And, you know, and and they can realize how much happier they can be. Yes. You know, I, like I said, I deal with this all the time. And like right now I'm dealing with a couple in, you know, back east that I speak with once a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to a couple they have all the money they need, yeah. right? Um, but they're not happy. Yeah. And so when I'm listening to them, I'm like, well, what's going on? And by the time it comes out and I hear it, it's like, oh, my goodness. You've gone so many years mm-hmm. thinking 
under these impositions about what you shouldn't be doing, but you're in a fight with yourself, yeah. right? So now you're dealing with what Carl Jung calls the tension of the opposites. Yeah, there's there's a part of you that says, I have this desire with my husband or my wife, but I'm not able to communicate that to them. Or either my wife has this desire or I have one and they are incompatible and now we don't know how to talk to each other. And it's just, it's really a sad state. And I can tell you that um, one of the things that really got me, and you want to talk about a switch in the paradigm, a young man comes to me just gorgeous. I call him the marble Mm -hmm. man, right? Um, Chiseled chin. Yeah, I mean, this guy. I'm looking at at the guy, I'm like, hey, this is a good looking dude here. It's like, so why are you sitting in front of me crying? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm kind of sexually conservative, whatever that means, right? You know, because again, I'm letting him define, you see what I'm saying? That's what I mean about the paradigm. I didn't put that out there. I'm just listening to his description. All right, then. So, all right, well, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Well, he, of course, I learned it from my parents who turns out are now divorced Mm -hmm. because they couldn't live that life that they put on him. Yeah. So one day he tells the story of um, one evening, he gets up, he goes to the restroom, he noticed that his fiance's phone is kind of like lit up, you know, iPhones in the dark, and something, Mm -hmm. his intuition, Mm -hmm. he picks up the phone Mm -hmm. and he starts reading it. And what he tells me is, I was reading a graphic novel, mm-hmm. but what broke his heart was that it was his fiance telling another person over here what she couldn't wait to do when she saw him next. Yeah. And so I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, boy, you're, you're, you're in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want to do? And he says, and this is what I loved. He said, I love her. Mm-hmm. I'll do anything. I said, will you? I said, because here's something that you just found out right now. Your fiance does not share your beliefs sexually. Mm-hmm. And this is about, this is a problem for you right now. That's interesting, yeah. You know, and what you were about to do in that relationship was to bind your fiance to your paradigm, to your sexual paradigm of living and being in the world. And you just happened to find out before you put a ring on her hand that that's not who she is. That's really important, Coach, because I, so I have a question. So when you look at that situation, why are we as humans so reluctant to discuss these matters with our intendeds or even our spouses? Well, I think we have to go back to the other suggestion, right? The suggestion that one, something was wrong with it. Okay. Right. So we demonized it. We said it was wrong. We, 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 we made it like filth, Mm -hmm. right? So the minute we did that, we were already dealing with difficulties because how do we engage in something that we say is disgusting or well, bad or and for wrong. some people we don't view it that way, but there can still be a reluctance. What is that? Is it because like, it's such an intimate topic? I almost wonder if rejection plays a part. Oh yeah, it does. But again, it's still coming from the fact that someone taught you at some point mm-hmm. that it was not okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay to discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't okay to even do it, even mm-hmm. and. 
Um, and so this is what you hear a lot with people. It's like, you know what? This is how I was raised. And like for guys, unfortunately, this is just, I see this so much. It's like, just because you a guy doesn't mean you know anything. Mm-hmm. And and they end up being heartbroken because they just took on this this paradigm. Well, I'm a guy and I'm young and all of this kind of stuff. So I'm supposed to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, but then you meet someone who says, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And so now there's like, what do I do? This woman just told me she didn't like it. So something must be wrong with her. That's the next thing, right? Almost taking that idea of failure where it's not, it's actually feedback. That's because right. Because you can adjust and learn. It's like a skill. I don't know why we think <laughs> that you know what the hell you're doing. You know what I mean? It's it's a skill. I remember real quick, Coach, when my son married his wife, people don't believe me, but, um, you know, raised him in a Christian home, mm-hmm. right? But sex was not something that uh, needed to be shameful or anything like that. Exactly. And um, so, you know, we didn't probably, you know, just discuss it over the dinner table, but it right. definitely wasn't something that was like, ooh, stay away, you know, exactly. don't ever do that, that's evil. So anyway, um, when they got married, I had like a, a care package because they were actually, both of them were virgins. That was very important for them. And I was like, ooh, you I know, that like... that was an ugly five-year-old. Mm, we got to make sure that they know what they're doing the first yeah. night. Like, it yeah. can't be like, oh... That's yeah. what this is. So I was like, okay, you got to get educated. Um, you know, you got to kind of have your plans. So I was like, I immediately went into planning. Well, anyway, I gave them a care package. And I had like a book that was like a how-to. Yeah. You know, and some suggestions to do beforehand for the bride. I mean, I was like, these are things. Here's products. That's you know, right. Products. That's right. Thank goodness. What like, a great mom. I did all of that yeah. because I didn't want them to get in there and it be disappointing because, and then I warned them, I said, it's, you know, it might, might be a little bit weird at first, you know, and so you just got to learn and keep working and it's develop a skill, just like you're learning an instrument. It is. That's no, a, that sounds weird, but that's the way it is. You know, so when I am talking to couples, what I'd like to hear is what they can tell me and what they can say to each you're other. You're listening to paradigms, aren't that's you? That's exactly what I'm listening for. And I want to know, it's like, is this true? So it's like, so in a, in some cases, we come with assumptions. That's the other thing that the paradigm yeah. does. Okay. It forces us to start making assumptions because after a while, it comes out, well, I thought you knew what you were doing, mm. you know, and they're fighting with each other. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not just one, but they're fighting with each mm-hmm. other. And I'm like, you're not being honest. It's like, okay, so here's where we have a vulnerability and you're saying to one another, we know we love each other. We know that that the sexual experience is a part of our relationship, but how important is it? Because for some, it's more important than others. True. And you need, to, you need to be able to know things about yourself when you go into your partnerhood or couplehood because you might end up selecting the person that sounds good, they, they're funny and all of these things, but they are not really your ideal partner. Mm-hmm. And when people don't learn how to talk about that and discuss what they need and uh, talk about the situation, the experience in a healthy way, they end up being misinformed. 
And I even said out here on the basis, like, look, I know you guys are going to this chaplain retreat and all this kind of stuff. If they're not talking to you about what you need to know about yourself Mm -hmm. so you can have a... Um, intelligent conversation with your partner, Mm -hmm. you're going to be in couples counseling and you're going to be wondering why you're doing other things instead of taking care of yourself. So I think this needs to be a part two because I have all kinds of ideas. (laughs) And I know you have um, a little bit more notes, but you're going to have to leave in probably, what, three minutes? Yeah, I got to get somewhere by 10. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I want to end on today is... How do you suggest starting those conversations? Because when you're young and you're like, ooh, I don't like that, or, you know, I thought you knew what you were doing. Those are not helpful things. You can phrase it in a way where, because it's a very personal thing. And when someone does that, it's like their worth is being attacked. Who they are, you know, like that's a big deal. So how do you suggest you know, starting those conversations? So now, so now this is Step one, let's talk about the partner. Okay. Partnership, right? So for me, the first thing is, do you have a partner that demonstrates that they can listen to you and allow you to communicate with them? Because that's really important. If you're in a relationship and somebody is disregarding things that you have to say, they minimize it, or they talk over you, if you're in that type of Uh, verbal communication with your partner, chances are you're going to struggle. Now, we mentioned intangible things. For me, I'm looking for someone that not only that I can enjoy, but I want to make sure that I can have any kind of conversation with that person that I want. That's step one. So that's step one before you even have the conversation. That's exactly right. You know, in the selection process, what kind of partner do I have? Okay. Are they easy to talk to? Yes. So then the next step is, It's like, look, so we're moving forward and it just feels like that, you know, we're close, like we're emotionally close and whatever that language is. And it feels like at some point that we're going to have, you know, a lovemaking or a sexual experience with one another. Do you feel the same way? And they're probably saying, yeah, I do too. So is it all right for us to be able to talk about it? You know, because I don't know where you come from and you don't know Mm -hmm. where I come from. Our lives have are full of different experiences. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean sexual experiences. I'm in this case life experience, life experience mm-hmm. and paradigms, right? So it's like um it's a sensitive subject and because of how I care about myself and you, mm-hmm. then I would like to have conversations so that we can find out how comfortable we are with expressing what kind of needs we have and whether or not if we're compatible with each other. So that's even before you're in couplehood. That's right. So we've not even gotten to the like 40 really um, touched upon that in depth because now you're in a situation where you've been together for a long time and you're just now starting the conversation. Yeah. So with that couple, when I'm dealing with people that have been married already, so the first thing that I ask them is, one... Do you love each other enough that you want to stay in this relationship? That's step one for me, mm-hmm. and I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And that's a yes or no question, yes, by it the is. way. I do not. You like don't need a to pause. start it with well. Yeah, don't or... give me a filler if you do that, because I like this couple that I'm talking about right now. I let them know. I said I don't referee breakups. Right. So you have to tell me right now, or otherwise this is it. <laughs> We will not be meeting anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I let them know, right? Because yeah. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. And so they say, yes, we do. 
I said, great, that's the first step, right? And then after that, then I start working on their communication styles with mm-hmm. each other. How do they speak? You know, how do you talk to each other? How do you how do you let your husband know or your wife know? And in this case here, what I find out is over the years, because of a lack of satisfaction, mm-hmm. they tend to have those little Okay. You know, the way that they deal with each other, yeah. uh, ways that they express anger and disappointment. But it's not really about the, the sexual experience, but it's everything else. And then by the time it gets to it, then they're arguing. Okay. So in the couplehood, I want to know, one, I want to hear your declaration of love and your intent to stay married. Mm-hmm. Two, your willingness to change your current um, communication styles, yeah. right? Yeah. And three, I want to know... If you are willing to do what it takes to take the next step in your relationship along those lines. Yeah. And for some of them, um, they have to think about what that means. Because when you've been sitting on suppression for a long time, you might actually hear somebody want something that you're not willing to give in a relationship. And you have to know what you're willing to do with that. You know, I was about to say that, Coach, because, you know, one of the questions we ask all the time is, what do you want? And sometimes having a clear picture of what that looks like uh, as far as your sexual life with your partner um, means like literally you can write down, you know, things Mm -hmm. that you would enjoy, things that maybe you wouldn't so much um, what you want the intimacy factor to be, which is opposite to me of sex. Actually, they complement, but they're not the same thing. Exactly. And then, you know, go from there because, you know, sex actually begins in the kitchen for a lot of ladies. That's right. And uh, so it, you know, that's why I like to cook. (laughs) Just don't confine it to the bedroom because it's outside is where it starts. Yeah, again, so now what we're actually talking about is breaking all of the paradigms, right, that cause people to be misinformed about what it is, where it is. Yeah. And gentlemen, it's not Valentine's Day either, right? (laughs) You know? Right. But I will say this as we're ending, the happiest couples Mm -hmm. you will find, some of your best business leaders Mm -hmm. will have strong couplehood Mm -hmm. and great sexual experience with each other, right? And we're not talking about people younger than 30 years of age either. So Mm -hmm. let's get that nonsense out of your head. And, you know, I like to tell men, it's like, look, stop putting your wife into an early grave. They're like, what do you mean? It's like, your wife is eternal springtime. Mm -hmm. If she looks like winter, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) I do not give them a break. It's like when I'm working with men, it's like, look at you. Early winter. That's exactly right. I'll say it again. Your your wife was born to eternal springtime. Mm -hmm. When winter comes to her, you did it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) It is because I'm looking at guys, it's like, is that how you're going to treat your wife, right? Is that what you're saying? You don't want to shop with her? You don't want to learn what she likes? Oh, she's watching this program and you think it's boring, right? So now all of a sudden, you're wondering why she's looking at you and then you hear this. <sighs> hmm. Yep, you just put her to sleep. And then she walked out the door and started dancing with somebody else. Yes, she did. Part two. <laughs> yes. <laughs>